This is Aptu's podcast, episode 128, Developing Our Leadership Volunteer Hacks. I hope this podcast finds you well today, and we're going to go in a very practical direction because we're going to be talking about the dynamics of running a volunteer team. Now, the truth is every single one of us are dependent upon volunteers to run the ministry that we feel like the Lord has laid upon our hearts. And we believe in the priesthood of the saints. In other words, when we give our life to Christ, we are equipped, we are baptized, we are placed into the body, and God has called us all to serve him in a variety of different ways. And how a lot of people, a majority of people, ourselves included, are going to do that is by volunteering to serve the kingdom and the kingdom endeavors. Now, those of us that are in charge of leading those volunteers have a high responsibility to do that with the highest level of excellence that we can display because these are not just volunteers. These are God's children. They are volunteering to serve the king, and we want to make sure to facilitate that the best we can. Simon Sinek says this, leadership is not about being in charge. It is about taking care of those in our charge, and I love that. We are challenged. We are called to take care of those within our charge. So how are you doing that? Today, this this flow is going to be very direct, very fast, because we want to lead our volunteers well. And I have 10 hacks here, 10 things that I think we want to remember when we are talking about leading a volunteer team. Some of these you're probably doing, some of these you might not be doing. And my hope is that as we get to the end of this podcast, that two or three of these things are reminders that we need to employ in order to level up. In fact, even doing this list myself, there are some things I remember that I need to do for our team. So these are just, hopefully these are things that are going to be beneficial to you and advantageous as you're trying to lead volunteers. So how do I take care of those who are in my charge? The first, I have to have a mindset that volunteers are allies and not assets. Every single one of us know when someone's trying to use us. You, you get a phone call from a friend, they just want to borrow your truck because they're moving. You know, you, someone is being really nice to you in a store, it's just because they're trying to sell you something. And all of us hate those feelings. There is no doubt that that we want the people on our team to know that they are assets to us. Excuse me, they are allies to us. They're not just simply assets to as a means to an end. And I think all of us would say that our volunteers are allies to us. But the hard thing is, is that when you get into the flow of life, it's very easy to inadvertently start treating people as assets and not liability and not allies. The struggle in any growing church is that. Everyone has an expectation for excellence. You know, we want the kids' ministry to be excellent. We want the worship team to be excellent. We want the greeting team to be excellent. However, to achieve that excellence requires a high volume of volunteers. And so it's very easy just to fall into the mindset that these volunteers are means to an end. They're assets instead of allies in the gospel. And the truth of the matter is, is that people will start to pick up on that after a while. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful when someone calls us at Saturday night saying they're not going to be there tomorrow morning that we just don't instantly start to use and abuse the other volunteers that we know that will say yes every single time. These people are priceless to us. In fact, I read a quote that said this, Sherry Anderson. She said, volunteers don't get paid, not because they're worthless, but because they're priceless. And when we value our team as priceless, they will take a notice of that. It will mean something to them, and they'll be able to stay the course. So how do I take care of those in my charge? Second, give clear, consistent, 
and concise communication. People hate not knowing what's going on, particularly volunteers. Because when we don't know what's going on, when a volunteer shows up and, and, and doesn't know what they're supposed to do, they feel out of place. They feel awkward. They feel unintelligent. It feels embarrassing. You know, and people don't want those feelings. Those are not the feelings you want people on your team feeling when they show up. Volunteers have very, very busy lives. So it is important and imperative for us in leadership to communicate clearly to them, consistently to them, and concisely to them. What do they need to know? When do they need to know it by? What are some what are some information? What are some changes that might be taking place? I mean, these are things that we need to ask. And when we have clear communication, they're going to be better prepared for their moment and they're going to feel more empowered. Do you do you have volunteers that feel useless, embarrassed, or do you have volunteers that feel knowledgeable and empowered? You want your volunteers to feel empowered and how you empower them is to communicate to them. Third, how do I take care of those in my charge? Be prepared for the serving opportunity. Elizabeth Andrew said this, volunteers don't necessarily have the time, they just have the heart. And let's be honest, a lot of the volunteers on our team, they're very, very, very busy people. They don't have the time to volunteer, but they have the heart for what we're doing. And so they're sacrificing their time in order to minister with us. And when a volunteer is willing to do a job that we're asking them to do, and they show up for that assignment, then we have better be prepared and laid all the groundwork we can for them to do that job with excellence. You know, all, all of us have shown up to volunteer to help a buddy move only to discover that they haven't even packed before you got there. And there is nothing that's more irritating than when someone asks you to help them move and you show up and they haven't even packed. And the reality is a lot of us, we're, we're doing the same thing to our volunteers sometimes. We're asking them to help move people towards the gospel. We're helping, asking them to help us sometimes move little tables and chairs. And, and yet when they show up, a lot of times we're not even prepared for their serving opportunity. We're not prepared for them to, to come. And so we need to stage all the materials we can. We need to have game plans. You know, we need to be ready. When we have a meeting, we need to be prepared for that meeting. Don't, don't walk in last minute kind of figuring out what you're talking about. Be prepared before you walk in. You know, pr- preparation goes a long ways in helping people perform with excellence. Fourth, how do I take care of those in my charge? Articulate a clear, authentic vision as to why. Deanne Hollis said this, the heart of a volunteer is not measured in size, but by the depth of the commitment to make a difference in the lives of others. And that's so true. They're making a commitment to make a difference in someone else's life. So we need to be able to answer those questions that every single volunteer is inevitably going to have. What are we doing here? Are we making a difference? And is it really making a difference or are you just trying to hype me up so I'll show up next week? So we need to be able to articulate a clear, authentic vision of what it is that we're doing and why it is important. What is the art? What is the authentic vision for the worship team? What is the authentic vision for the children's ministry? These are answer. These are questions that we need to be able to answer. We need to be able to prove that we are really making a difference. Because if we're not making a difference for the kingdom, then we probably need to stop doing it altogether. And people feel this. They. They're willing to sacrifice their time. They're willing to sacrifice their talent, their treasure. They're, they're willing to give a lot of things to God. But if they don't feel like they're actually making a difference for his kingdom, then they're not going to do it for long. Now, they might be making a difference in our kingdom, 
And if that's the case, then people are going to start feeling used and abused and they will drop out. So we need to articulate a clear, authentic vision as to why we're here. Fifth, we need to take care of those people in our charge by showing them public praise and private recognition. When, when you have good volunteers, you need to show public praise. You know, this is one of the reasons why we invest so heavily in our volunteer celebration. Because we have a lot of people that give a lot to the ministry, that give a lot to the church, that, you know, I mean, they're showing up week in, week out, you know, and they're faithful. And and let's be honest, with us doing two services, that's a huge commitment. It's a, it is a sacrifice in, in the busy world that we're in. And so by doing a public praise, you know, in, in one specific example, that the volunteer celebration, that's an investment in their life. That's an investment in their life. That, that That's showing them like, hey, look, we, we see you, we value what you're doing. At the same time, I also think it's important to have private recognition. And probably the best way to do this is handwritten notes. Um, this is one of the things I'm proud of our staff for doing. We sit down almost every single week and write four or five handwritten notes to volunteers and what it does for you is when you start thinking about these people, you start seeing all that they're doing, just how invaluable they are. I mean, these people are amazing, and we're blessed to have an amazing volunteer team. But it also lets them know that you see it. And that's good. For, so it's good for those that are writing the notes. It's also good for those that are receiving the notes. You know, it, 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 you know, telling people thank you in person is a great thing to do. Absolutely. But there's something about putting pen to paper, sending it in the mail. There's some intentionality in there that really communicates something. I know for me, uh, I'm not necessarily a, a words of affirmation guy. However, when someone takes time to write me a note, I remember that. It means something. It, it, it means that they, they, they took the extra mile to say thank you, and I, and I appreciate that, and I think most people probably do. So how do I take care of those in my charge? Hack number six, fight for a healthy rhythm. Man, I think all of us love music. And if you think about music, what makes music really work is the rhythm of the music. You know, when the rhythm is good in a song, almost any song sounds good. But when the rhythm is bad, all the song sounds bad. I mean, it's it's not like you can pick and choose parts that sound good. All of it sounds bad. So the rhythm really matters. The rhythm really matters. The rhythm has to fit the lyrics of the song in order for it all just to come together. And so what is the song that your ministry is producing? You know, is there a rhythm to your ministry? Does, does it sound good to the team? Does it make them want to dance? Because if the, the rhythm is off, then it's not going to be any good. Now, what does that have to do with our volunteers? Well, these people have jobs. They have homes. You know, they have kids. They have sports. They got to go to the grocery store. They got to get their tires changed. I mean, there, there's just a lot of demands in life. And let's be honest, a lot of these demands are good things. It's a good thing to go to their kids' ball game. It's a good thing for them to take a family vacation. It's a good thing for them to go out and, and have a day together uh, with their friends. I mean, all this stuff is very good. So what we have to do as church leadership is try to make sure that there's balance in our request of their time. We, we have to do the best we can to try not to dominate their time. And I'm sure that this is something that we've all failed at time and time again. You know, we, we, we try to make sure that people don't serve more than twice a month on Sunday. But we have to keep this, this rhythm reality in our frontal cortex. I mean, it, we have to be thinking about it. It has to be something that's on our mind all the time. And so when it's on our mind, we'll, we'll be intentional with our ask. We will be intentional with what we're requesting of people's time. And it's going to create for a healthier rhythm that's going to be a blessing to them. So how do I take care of those in my charge? How do I take care of those in my charge? Number seven, ask the question, are we still 
having fun. I'm sure that most of us have had an experience where we are performing a less than exciting task, but the team that we were serving on was so fun that it didn't matter the task at hand. Like we, we, would, we would do anything. We would shovel manure with these people because it's going to be a good time when we're doing it. Now, when you start thinking about the work that we're called to do as ministers, we're part of life change, and life change never gets old. We're, we're part of feeding people the Word of God. That never gets old. We're part, of, we're part of leading people to be who Christ has created them to be. That never gets old. So when you think about our mission, and our mission has value, our mission has purpose, our mission has natural excitement, then serving on our team should be the highlight of people's lives. Excuse me, it should be the highlight of people's weeks, rather. And I understand that when we are doing ministry, that sometimes there's some tasks that are not fun or, you know, people are having a bad day or whatever. But we need to look at the totality of our team and we need to say, are these people having fun? I don't think that serving on any of our teams should be a drag. And if it is a drag, then we have to figure out how to turn it around. We, we have to make this fun. And I'm not talking about having a fun event to offset terrible serving opportunities. I'm saying, how do we make this serving opportunity itself fun? Because here's what's going to happen. If your volunteers are having a good time, it's going to make an impact on the receiving audience. I mean, we've all heard preachers who are, you know, have this passionate conviction about what they're saying. And, and, and it, just, it just lands different with you. And we've also heard preachers that have no conviction for what they're saying. They're literally going through the motions. And when they're going through the motions, there's just you just want to get out of there. It doesn't matter what they're saying because you don't believe it. Are we having fun? Are we having fun? We need to make our serving opportunities fun for those who are doing it. Number eight, how do I take care of those in my charge? Make some sort of personal and professional investment into their life. You know, this is a, this is a challenge that I, I take personal. I want the people that I'm leading to feel like I'm investing in their life. I want them to be better equipped and better enriched for sitting and serving with me. And that's going to require me to be intentional. It's going to require me to continue to grow in my wisdom and my knowledge. It's going to require me to continue to grow in my skill set. I mean, all those things. I mean, I have to keep growing if I want to keep investing in other people. But I think when you make that your, your challenge to have a personal and professional investment in the life of your volunteers, I think that they're going to notice that and they're going to appreciate your leadership more because you're genuinely investing in their life. They're, they're, the people on your team, because of your leadership, should be the first one to be uh, considered for a raise. They should be the first ones considered for promotions. The, the, their, their business ventures that they're in should, should be better because they've, they've taken a nugget or two from you from your example and from your leadership that has made a difference in their personal and professional life. I mean, how cool would that testimony be if all of our, all of our volunteers at JFA were the best in their business and it's a result of our leadership to them? That'd be an amazing testimony, I think, to our church and also to the laws that God has given to govern our life. How do I take care of those in my charge? Number nine. Employ the power of presence. You know, when you're talking about people that are serving in your church, you know, the, a lot of times they're, they're going to be serving on their own. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so somebody's going to greet at the door. Well, they might just be there with them and their, their wife. You know, there might not be somebody else serving with them. 
Or if they're in kids, man, they might be in a room with the kids and they might not see you. Or if they're on the worship team, you, you might be leading a song or something, but they're over there playing the drums. They're not hanging out with you. And so it's important for us as leaders to, to make the rounds with our volunteers to make sure that we're having a personal connection with them. Because at the end of the day, they're ministering to other people, and our responsibility is to minister to them. We need to make sure that they're healthy. We need to talk with them. We need to engage with them. If needed, we need to pray with them. We need to be praying for them regardless, but I mean actually in the moment praying for them, encouraging them, speaking into them, you know, building them up, you know, having conversations with them. And it's going to be good for you too to have that, that, those kind of conversations. It's going, to, it's going to build you up. It's going to encourage you in the same time. You know, one of the things that I, uh, that I think that one of the people that I do this with a lot is Brother Loki because he's the only one that cares about my history that I read. And so, you know, Wednesday mornings, I look forward to Wednesday mornings because I know Brother Loki's going to walk in and I can share with him something I read that week that he will actually genuinely find interesting. And if he doesn't, he at least pretends like he likes it. And so I enjoy those conversations, those interactions, and that's, a, that's the power of presence that hopefully is benefit to him, but it is to me. Ten. Last one, hack. How do I take charge? How do I invest in those people in my charge, rather? Recruit them some help. Now, this is this seems maybe stupid to put on the list, but I think it's really important. Every single church and every single ministry has a shortage of volunteers. I have never been to a pastor conference and heard anyone say, either in the crowd or on the platform, Man, our children's ministry is overstaffed. I have never heard a worship leader say, man, I got too many musicians. Boy, I don't know what I'm going to do with all of them. You know, I mean, that's just the nature of, of the beast. We could always use more volunteers. We could always use more help. And a lot of your volunteers are working really hard. And the best way to invest in them is by recruiting more help so that you're not asking more of them. When you're asking less of people, they have more time to dream and to think and to imagine how to better the ministry. And so I think, uh, you know, for a lot of them, if you said, hey, I can either write you a handwritten note tomorrow or I can get you some help for next week, I think most people say, I take the help next week. And they're going to see that when you're building the team. And, and, and the other, you know, byproduct of this is you're building the team. It just adds excitement for everybody. I mean, we love seeing new faces and we love seeing all those things come together. And it's just, it's just a ton of fun seeing that. Here's the deal. It's the old adage, you take care of your volunteers and your volunteers will take care of you. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. The most important people in your ministry are those who are helping serve with you. If you don't believe me, then just look at the ministry of Jesus. You know, Jesus would minister to the crowd, but he always withdrew with the 12 disciples. I mean, those 12 guys knew that Jesus was in their corner. Those 12 guys knew that Jesus was with them, that he had their back that they could go to him at any time. And we see that play out in the Gospels. And our volunteers need to feel the same thing. So I want you to just think about those 10 things. Maybe some of those you're doing, some of them you're not doing. What's one or two things that you want to start employing in your ministry to see your volunteer team get healthier? God bless you. Catch you next week.